Today's message can be found in Luke chapter 19. It's a story we're all familiar with. It's a story we've heard since we were children. It's a story that often is relegated to children, children's stories, family worships, Sabbath school. But it's a story that I think has quite a bit to offer us today. In fact, it's a story you are all so familiar with that if I said it's about a short man, you would know exactly what I was talking about. Dearest Heavenly Father, as we get into your word today, as we explore this story and how it connects with our lives, I pray that you will guide us, you will lead us, not only through this story, but closer to you and your plan for our lives in your name. Amen. The setting was Jericho. Jericho was a city right there along the banks of the Jordan River. And as you would come out of the Jordan Valley and want to head up into Jerusalem, that is where Jericho lay. It's been described as an emerald amongst the dusty cliffs laying behind it. There lay Jericho, an oasis for travelers. It's in that city where we have the story that happened long, long ago. Travelers were passing through Jericho. Travelers from all over were coming that way because it was the Passover. All of Israel was converging on Jerusalem, and many of them passed through Jericho. And as they came to Jericho, the crowds swarmed into the city and pushed through the city. The streets would have been packed, and when I say packed, I mean not like Berrien Springs packed, but really packed. The streets, it said that a grown man could reach across and touch both sides of the street. So I... You can imagine the hordes of people pushing through the city. But this year, this year in Jericho, something was different. It was said that he was coming to town. Jesus. And Zacchaeus heard that Jesus was coming, not because someone told him, because nobody talked to Zacchaeus. People talked about Zacchaeus, and they talked near him, but no one talked to him. Because, you see, Zacchaeus was a tax collector. Not only was he a tax collector, he was the chief tax collector. Now, we've all heard about tax collectors, how tax collectors stole, and they were cheats, and you couldn't trust them. But there was more to it than that. Tax collectors were traitors. They were Jews hired by the Romans to collect money from the Jews to facilitate the captivity of Israel. They were facilitators of the enemy. Here was Zacchaeus, a traitor. You have to wonder, how did Zacchaeus end up like this? How did he become a tax collector? How did he become 
the chief tax collector. The Bible doesn't tell us, but I can tell you a few things. I can tell you, first of all, mothers didn't hold their babies and say, oh, when you grow up, I want you to be a tax collector. I want you to be a cheat and a traitor. That's what I want for you. No. Mothers didn't wish that. Fathers didn't say, hey, son, you see that man over there who just stole all our money? I want you to be like him. No. Instead, tax collectors were cautionary tales. Son, if you keep going down this path, you'll end up like that man. Son, listen to your mother. You don't want to be like Zacchaeus. So how did he end up this way? How did he end up in a situation where he was not only a tax collector, but the chief tax collector? More than likely, Zacchaeus had been rejected a long time. He probably had never fit in, and so as he grew older, having no friends, he decided, well, if people don't like me, I may as well make some money. And he became a tax collector, and clearly he was good at it. He was turning over enough money that the Romans promoted him to chief tax collector. And so a day like today, where hordes of people were pouring into the city, it was a good day to be a tax collector. It was a good day to be the chief tax collector in Jericho. And then Zacchaeus heard the name. He heard Jesus is coming. (laughs) Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus. He'd heard stories about how Jesus Jesus accepts people who other people don't. Jesus had spoken to the Samaritan woman. Jesus had said, hey, bring those little children to me. Jesus was different, and Zacchaeus wanted to see this Jesus. He wanted to lay his eyes on him. Zacchaeus got excited as he heard that Jesus was coming to town, and so Zacchaeus decided he was going to enter the crowd. But crowds aren't always nice on short people. As Zacchaeus tried pushing his way through, he discovered that, well, elbows seemed to abound. As he tried pushing his way through, he realized the crowd seemed to tighten in where he was. As he tried finding his way through, it seemed to close in and there was no way through. So Zacchaeus, he had to come up with a different plan. A month ago, I was driving home from the church And as I was driving through inner city Berrien Springs, a car decided it was the right time to turn, even though that's where my car was currently traveling. And I found myself in an accident. There was good news and bad news. The good news is no one was hurt. 
The bad news is my car was. It was totaled. But the good news is we needed a new car. (laughs) You see, last October we had a baby. And for those of you who've had children, you understand children change everything, even how we worship. (laughs) They change absolutely every detail of our lives. Children change everything. In fact, we went to camp meeting a couple weeks ago, and last year when my wife and I went to camp meeting, we fit everything we needed for the entire week in our Honda Civic. And then we had a baby. I don't understand how something this large needs so much stuff. It's incredible. This year we had to borrow a vehicle from a friend and we filled an entire minivan to fit everything we needed plus everything for Emmett. They change everything. And so we decided if we're going to get a new car, we need a larger car. The problem is larger cars come with larger price tags. And so we had this whole long list of these are the things we are looking for in a car. And as we started looking at prices and looking at vehicles, we started crossing things off. Because sometimes when you have a plan, reality sets in and you have to change your plan. Zacchaeus was at a point and he said he realized he had to change his plan. He couldn't push through the crowd. He couldn't go into somebody's house and go up to the second story and look out through the window because nobody let people like Zacchaeus into their home. And so Zacchaeus came up with a plan, a plan we're all familiar with, a plan I wouldn't recommend because Zacchaeus's plan was a tree. Grown men don't climb trees. Most of us know this instinctively. Some of us have to learn. I, I have this thing, and it's probably my attention deficit disorder. I don't know what it is. But when I talk on the telephone, I have to be walking. Walking around, and usually I prefer to walk outside when I'm on the phone which is exciting. In the winter, it limits your conversations. (laughs) But a few weeks ago, I was on the phone and I was walking around the house and around the neighborhood and we have a swing in our backyard. And as I was talking on the phone, I walked over to the swing and I sat down. And as soon as I did, I realized a lesson. Grown men and trees don't always work well together. Because as I sat down on that swing, I heard a crack. And don't worry, the swing didn't break. The whole limb of the tree broke off and came crashing down. Zacchaeus, don't climb the tree. But no, Zacchaeus was fully committed to climbing the tree. In fact, we know that he was fully committed because the Bible tells us he ran to climb the tree. And I don't imagine it being a leisurely jog. He sprinted to get ahead of the crowd and to climb up in that tree. And there Zacchaeus sat in the tree. And he watched the crowd coming from a distance. 
And he watched them getting closer. And as he watched, he saw there in the middle of the crowd that that must be Jesus because people seem to be circling around that person. Everyone's paying attention to that man. That must be Jesus. But as he watched, I'm sure his mind played back some of the stories he had heard, or I should say overheard, about Jesus. Jesus said that he fed 5,000 men, not including women and children. Wow. Imagine. Jesus, who when he spoke, even the wind and the waves, they listened to him. And as he's getting closer and closer, Jesus even heard that he had brought someone back from the dead. Imagine a God who his words can do that. Oh, Zacchaeus must have gotten a little bit excited imagining what Jesus could do in his life. Because you see, being a tax collector was one thing that it wasn't easy to quit. When your whole community has labeled you a traitor, when your whole community has labeled you a cheat and a scoundrel, it's not easy to undo that. Zacchaeus had no doubt heard John the Baptist preach because it was in that same region right there by the Jordan River. He'd probably thought about turning his life around, but it wasn't that easy. Because even if you want to change, the community doesn't always let you. Even if you want to be different, well, it's not always up to you. And so, all of a sudden, Zacchaeus looks down and he realizes the crowd is in the shadow of the tree. And as he looks down, the crowd comes to a halt, and all of a sudden, all the eyes in the crowd are on him. And Zacchaeus looks down at those eyes, and he sees looks that are all too familiar. He sees anger. He sees hatred. He sees disgust. But yet... There's one set of eyes that as he looks into those, as their eyes meet, he sees something different. Because in those eyes, he can't even put his finger on it because it's been so long since he's seen this look. In those eyes, could it be? Could it be love? But then, but then the words that followed, oh, Such sweet, incredible words. Zacchaeus. I imagine Zacchaeus didn't hear his name spoken very often. People, I'm sure, called him names, but not his own. You see, Zacchaeus meant clean and pure. And the oxymoronic value of calling him Zacchaeus, it just, people couldn't bring themselves to it. So they called him other things, no doubt. But Jesus, Jesus looked up and he called him by name and he said, Zacchaeus, hurry, come down, for I'm going to stay with you at your house 
those words. Those words changed everything. In that moment, his entire world was transformed. Zacchaeus, who had spent a lifetime on the outside, a lifetime of not fitting in, a lifetime of rejection, all of a sudden, the center of the crowd, Jesus himself, Jesus who Zacchaeus only hoped to get a glimpse of, Jesus said, no, Zacchaeus, you and I, we're together. Zacchaeus, I want to stay with you. I would have loved to have been there and watched Zacchaeus descend from that tree because I can guarantee you it was not safe. I imagine Zacchaeus, as he came out of that tree, he outdid gravity in the speed he came down. Zacchaeus would have been so excited because all of a sudden, a lifetime of hurt and rejection had been set right by the words of Jesus. Zacchaeus was all too excited. And as he comes down from the tree, even before his feet touch the ground, it starts. Zacchaeus should have known this was coming. He was used to it. The murmuring, the complaining, the crowd, they start. No, Jesus. You've made a mistake. Not, not this one. You've gone too far, Jesus. Jesus, don't you know who he is? He's a traitor. He's a scoundrel. He's a cheat. He's a tax collector. He's the chief tax collector. The crowd who had followed Jesus up until this point, they were no longer willing to follow Jesus because Jesus had gone further than they were comfortable with. Jesus, you've gone too far. You don't know what you're doing, Jesus. This is Zacchaeus. No, Jesus. But Jesus knew exactly what he was doing, of course. Because Jesus, in that one sentence, had shared the gospel with Zacchaeus. In one sentence, he had shared the good news. Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. For Zacchaeus, that was the gospel. While you were still sinning, Jesus accepts you. Zacchaeus, even as you sit in that tree, you clearly are on the outside in every sense of the word. I accept you, and I bring you in, into the very center. But the crowd, the crowd had a different message for Zacchaeus. An alternative gospel, a gospel of their own creation, a gospel that taught 
If you want to be a part of us, you have to live up to these standards. You have to fit in here. You can't do this or that. You can't be a tax collector. You can't be Zacchaeus. And often, as we read through stories of the Bible, we, we ask ourselves, who are we in this story? It's clear who we are. And we're not Zacchaeus. We're not, because here we are on Sabbath morning in Pioneer Memorial Church. We're the crowd. We're the ones who are following Jesus. We're the ones who are here. We're the crowd. Oh, yes, some of us feel as though we don't fit in, but we're the crowd. The crowd was made up of all kinds of people from different walks of life. There were priests, and there were scribes, and there were Pharisees. But also, there was the blind man Jesus had just healed. There were the disciples. Oh, yes, the disciples. Matthew. Matthew, who when Jesus called him as a tax collector, Matthew immediately got up and left everything. You would think Matthew would be pro-Jesus accepting tax collectors. But Zacchaeus was the chief. And so often, church, we behave just like this crowd. We draw lines and we say, oh, God can accept you if you're this way, but not you. No, you've gone too far. You've done too much. You don't believe the same way we do. No. And we draw lines. Zacchaeus wasn't a Greek or a Roman. He was a Jew, but the Jews would not accept him. And yet, here in the Seventh-day Adventist Church, we do the same thing, don't we? Where we say, oh, no, he or she, they're not as Adventist as we are. And we draw lines. We're the crowd. Like it or not, that, that's who we are. We follow Jesus up until it makes us uncomfortable And then we stop. Just as Jesus shared the gospel, the crowd did what I would like to call devangelism, where they did their best to undo the gospel, where they tried to change the message, where they tried to keep someone on the outside. But if we are going to be engaged in the gospel, we have to continually be accepting those on the outside. After all, is this not what Jesus has done with us? When Jesus chose to call us his children, have you ever thought about what that means? Parents, 
Do you remember the first time you held your child? Do you remember the feelings that engulfed you? I remember the first time I held Emmett and I, I was not prepared for it because as I held my son, all of a sudden in that moment, I loved him with every fiber of my being. I loved him with every ounce of energy. I had everything about me transformed to love for him. Not because of who he was or what he had done, but just because he was. I loved him completely, totally, unabashedly. I loved him. That's what Jesus sees when he looks down at us. But at the same time, when he looks down at those on the outside, they're still his children. And so as we look at those on the outside, we need to pray that God opens our eyes so that we see them through his. This church, it's easy. Unfortunately, in a church this size, it's easier to leave people on the outside. I got an email a few months back where a member said to me, I've been coming to Pioneer Memorial Church for years, and I don't have a single friend. Sabbath after Sabbath, this person comes here and sits next to strangers and goes home feeling like they're on the outside. The university, when we went over and we knocked on doors in the university, the message over and over and over again was, we feel like we're on the outside. In the last 2,000 years, unfortunately, the crowd hasn't changed. Still, still We leave people on the outside. And this is what gets me excited about hope trending because with hope trending, we're changing the way we do evangelism. With hope trending, we're inviting you to be a part of evangelism. Because it's one thing to stand up front and preach messages. But it's a whole other thing when you can be a part of the process and you can invite people into your living rooms, when you invite people into your home, when you send the clear message that we accept you and we stop leaving people on the outside. So I invite you to take out your Connect card. And on the back side... My next step today is to open my circle to those outside my comfort zone in order to share the gospel. To lead or host a watch party. To be a prayer coordinator for a watch party. Or to help support Hope Trending financially. Please send me more information. Evangelism. Evangelism, when it's done right, invites each and every one of us to be a part of the process. Imagine 
how the story of Zacchaeus could have been different if the crowd swarmed around Zacchaeus and said, yes, we're all coming to your house today. I invite you to look at the world around you. Try to see them through Jesus' eyes and use the words of Mr. Rogers and say, won't you be, won't you please be my neighbor.